What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho, where I am all fired up. I am the one armed madman. And from the badlands of southern Montana, we've got Nolan 5150. Nolan, what's up, dude? I'm all fired up. <laughs> I, I I had cables working for one thing. It worked all the time until I plugged it into the roadcaster so we could listen to our videos tonight. And then it decided to take a shit on me. So I dig around. I find the exact same fucking cable that came in the two-pack that I bought. Plug it in, and it works. So I'm dripping with sweat. I'm all fired up. I got two (laughs) Colombians living in my new room right now. So they might come out and cook dinner right now. And I don't know how the fuck I'm going to explain to them what this is. They're just going to think I'm crazy. (laughs) So if we get any, any, like, extracurriculars going on... Just fucking deal with it. It's a podcast. This isn't CNN. We're winging it right now. We're fucking winging it. We are fast and loose. I wonder if I can find the fucking... I need to get my my thing set up. Yeah, we got a... We got a wicked cake. Oh. It's fast and loose. And the accident happened. (laughs) Oh shit, man! Accidents might happen. Yeah, you know? yeah, like dropping dropping your bag of blow in the White House. I, you know, I can't get worse than that. It, shit happens. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're gonna go party in the yeah, White man. House. It's the White House. I'm gonna yeah. party. <laughs> oh man! And you want to talk about partying with cocaine and almost getting caught? Do you know the story that I'm thinking of right now? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right, so when we were living in Southern California, we were probably like, what, eight, 19, 20 years old. We decided to head down to Tijuana for the night. We buy a bag of blow on our way there, and we're driving. We're in my my Dodge pickup. It's 2004, and it's got like a, a bed liner in it. So we got this DVD case, and we fucking jammed the Coke underneath the bed liner, and we're driving through the board. On the way down there, they don't give a fuck what you bring in. You know, they're catching on the way back. So we go down, party for the night, and... We used to uh, burn up. You remember we used to burn up Mac Dre out like CDs and we'd bring it to the DJs and mm-hmm. be like, what the fuck is this? And everybody'd start partying. It was the shit. Anyways, on our way back, we're going through the border check. It's like four o'clock in the morning. And I think we had bought in a second bag from a Mexican down there. And believe it or not, the Mexican blow that we bought was better than the fucking California blow that we got down. <laughs> closer and it's to probably the source. Because it's closer to the source. Exactly. <laughs> And we got it right from a guy on the street, too. It wasn't like we were getting anything fucking special. So we're driving back through, and I am just destroyed. I have been drinking all night. We've been doing a bunch of fucking coke. And they they wave us through. They're kind of like, yeah, just go. You know, they didn't want to deal with us. And for some reason, like, you had to make a turn or something like that to go out. And I just drove straight. And we drove right into the check your fucking vehicle area. (laughs) And we're sitting in there and we're like, holy shit, we are going to get fucked right now. And like while we're sitting in there waiting for the the Border Patrol to come over, there's a bunch of fucking cops or, you know, Border Patrol playing with the drug dog behind the truck. And uh, do you remember what our buddy Matt said? It was one of the funniest things I've ever heard anybody say. Dude, I like, hey, guys. Huh? I, I were you not there for this? I was not on that trip. Nope. Oh my god. I, okay. Well, anyways, you know our buddy Matt, uh, oh, yeah. blonde yeah. Matt, yep. not yep. not Faldmo Matt. 
he looks over and I know John was there and he goes, Hey, you think I should give him my Eagle Scout card? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yes. Dude, it was, it was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard anybody say. It was like, no dude, you want to give it away? Like, are you fucking crazy? Oh shit, dude. I remember he would pull that all the time. He always told us yeah. how how that would like that would get him out of anything. Yeah, dude, I don't think that's gonna get you out of a fucking coke jam at the border at four a.m. Dude, <laughs> you <it>, wanna? <laughs> it, it 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 didn't even get him out of uh, his license being expired for like a day. <laughs> I, I was with nobody him. gives a fuck about the Eagle Scouts. They're yeah. like the cop yeah. takes it and it's like oh. So you were abused as a child? Am I supposed to feel bad for you? I'm I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry that your counselor diddled you, but that is, you're still, your registration is out. Like, you're you're so brave. (laughs) Yeah, so brave. So brave. God, that was the first thing I thought of when when I heard the Coke story. I was like, holy shit. Should I give him my, you know, Hunter Biden, maybe he's got an Eagle Scout card. Hey, hey, guys. I was an Eagle Scout. <laughs> I I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna. Uh, cause cause like I said, I wasn't on that that adventure. But I thought oh, you were gonna man. bring up the the one which, which I know, I'm goddamn certain you were there. Cause I'm pretty sure we were in your truck again, and we were just fucking being idiots. Posted up freaking for some reason. We had to have like the two and a half foot glass bong. And, oh yeah, in and, the truck. Yeah, and then remember, and then the cop like pulled up on us, and we took Called off, me. and yeah, and then oh. spilt the fucking I was bong water all over. I was thinking of a different ep- episode. We we were sitting in the truck one time. I don't remember if you're there for this one. And we've got the gas mask, and we're like doing fucking bong rips out of the gas mask. And uh, I get a call on the phone, and I thought it was somebody else. Like I was supposed to do something with a motorcycle, or you know, you know, just some random call was supposed to come in. So I answer the call. And they're like, yeah, Mr. Meyer, my name's fucking Detective whatever from the Temecula Police Department. I'm like, holy shit. And I like look over at everybody. I'm like, get the fuck quiet the fuck down. (laughs) And then this guy like tells me, he's like, yeah, so uh, there was these these people. They went to your restaurant the other night and uh, apparently they left their credit card and then somebody used it to fill up their gas tank in, in the gas station right after. And it was, of course it was me. Yeah. And so I'm like having to fucking tell this guy's story. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I don't know if you're talking about shit ever happens. I end up calling my lawyer from Northern California and I'm like, dude, I'm fucked. If they get me on this, I'm fucked. I'm losing my job. I got to move out of here. Like I'm completely fucked. Racing is over if I get hit with this. And he uh, called somebody that he knew in the area, like a, a PI type of yeah. dude. And dude drove down to the gas station and got the tape. <laughs> he, he said he was doing some investigation or something like that. And he went out and he got, they were like, oh, we only got one copy. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll bring it right back. Jeez. <laughs> but I got out of that one. I got out of that one. We had Damn. a lot of, a lot of sketchy, sketchy situations. There was another time when we were right down at San Diego Supercross. Remember we got fucked up mm-hmm. and I got in a fight with that cop. Cause we were spitting in like glass bottles. We were spitting our dip in glass bottles. And this cop was just, he wanted to fucking throw me in jail. Like they were getting ready to throw me down in the, in the he, cell. He didn't like and you. I, I just, 
No, he didn't. And I didn't take shit from this guy at all. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you remember this, but I oh, was yeah. screaming at this guy. What we, the fuck is your problem? I found this on the ground and I was taking it to the garbage can for you. And like all this shit. This, the, the situation started with both of us going, fuck, man, we're getting thrown out of here. Bottom, like minimum getting thrown out of here. Maximum, we're going to spend the rest of the race down in their cells. And we ended up getting free food out of it. Yeah. Bizarre. And the bullshit thing was... They were, we're so they were so embarrassed about it, and the manager was so embarrassed and the, that the cop didn't do his job right, which he obviously was, <laughs> that they gave us free food. Well, I, I remember the fucked up thing was me and you were standing there talking to the person who is a big part of the entire event. We were standing there yeah. talking to Christy. Talking to promoters. And, oh, we were and, talking to Christy. That's yeah, right. We were literally standing there talking to her, minding our own business, and that dude just walks right up, interrupts our Me. conversation, and comes right at you for no goddamn yeah. reason. No. And I was drunk, but no drunker than anybody else. Oh, absolutely not. Like we, I was, we weren't belligerent like by I was any totally, means. Yeah. I was totally manageable having a good time at Supercross drunk. Like I mean, a couple beers in. I think we had some blow. So I, I, I couldn't have been that drunk. I, I'm pretty, didn't didn't we like tailgate? <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, dude, it was bit. wild. That was yeah. one of the best supercrosses <laughs> we ever did. Like I think we had some blow on the way home from that race. I was fucked up driving, and for some reason that I still can't figure out, you decided to call my mother. <laughs> I, Do you remember this? I no 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 memory of that. Oh yeah. Yeah, you decided to call and have like a heart to heart with my mother while I'm fucking destroyed trying to drive. We're stopping to do lines and shit. I don't know this is happening. I find out about it the next day. I wake up and I've got like 40 missed calls. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? She's like, I thought you were dead. You were driving home last night. Nolan's spilling his guts about something. I don't know what the fuck his problem is. And you guys are stopping to do lines because you're too drunk to drive. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Well, clearly I don't remember that, but shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Some wild times. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, you just gotta let let it out. God, I I've got another supercross story that I could that I could let loose, but I I kind of want to. You know what? Fuck it. Let's let it loose. So, Anaheim won. I don't remember what year this is. This must have been like '06. So Carmichael in his fucking prime. Anaheim won. We're out in my Chevy pickup. This is before I bought the Dodge. And we're out in that construction site behind our apartment. You remember this? Mm. We were out wheeling. We're out wheeling in the middle of the night. We're all fucked up. And we get stuck. And like somehow I clipped a cable on a rock or something underneath my pickup. And four-wheel drive was out. Oh. So we have to walk back to the house yeah. and our whole deal is like, we got to get to Supercross. This is our only way. We, we've got to be at Supercross tonight. So we were going to get our, our neighbor who had that nice Jeep with a wench on it to yank us out, but he wasn't home. So we end up having to call that fucking tow truck. We call this tow truck driver uh, and this tow truck yeah. driver wheels all the way out there. He sets up like 40 yards away from the pickup and we have to pull this thing out and Bottom line, we got to fucking Supercross. Yeah. <laughs> some good times. There was some good times. Well, anyways, let's get into it tonight. 
So the other night I'm sitting out in the hot tub. I've been, I've had my hot tub for probably like three months now. And I go out every night. I go, I go out as late as I can because we don't have great sky here. There's a lot of light. So I want to be able to see shit, you know? And so the other night I'm going out and I wasn't like really, sometimes I'm like in the mood to look for something. Like I want to see something tonight and I'll like look at satellites and I'll tell it to move, like move, 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 <laughs> do something. You know, I just like, yeah, do something. And uh, I wasn't in that mindset at all. I had music playing. I go out, I'm listening to fucking Warren's Vaughn. I, I know this because I've tried the same thing multiple times now. And I'm just barely got in. I look up. I'm looking right up into the center of the sky. And I see this flash. And I go, whoa. And I've never seen anything in the sky that's made me have like a like an audio like outburst like that. I, I've seen stuff and go, oh, yeah, it's a satellite, whatever. So this thing flash and it's like, it's not like, um, it's not like a starlight color. Starlight's pretty white and just that reflective white. This had like a plasma type burst to it. I'm like, holy shit. Maybe I just saw something explode in, in upper atmosphere or something like that. And then bang, it happens again a few inches over. And then a few seconds later, bang, it happens again. And it was in the line. It wasn't like this thing was all over the place or anything like that. It was just in a line. But the weird thing was, is typically when I see like satellites or planes or something like that, especially satellites, they disappear when they get to a certain part of the horizon because there's too much light and you can't see them anymore. This was right in the top of the sky. And if it was going to keep moving, I'd have seen it for a little ways longer. So I'm not prepared to call this thing a fucking spaceship or anything like that, but absolutely a UFO. I, I don't I don't think it was a satellite. I don't know what it was, but I don't think it was a satellite. But I, <clears throat> I wish I would have sent you this article. Uh, it was um, uh, something about, I guess, uh, Starlink satellites are leaking radiation. Mm. I didn't I didn't get too into it, but uh, that just made me think of that. Um, I. 100% saw a uh a legitimate tic tac ufo like and this was probably mm, maybe like 2009 somewhere around there i was here in montana and uh re-shingling the roof and had come down for lunch and then got back up on the shop roof and naturally, I was doing fucking roofing. My back was tight, so I ate, got back up there, and I was just laying down on the on the hot roof, relaxing my back a little bit. Clear sky, you know, a few scattered little uh, white clouds, nothing crazy, and I'm just laying there looking up in the sky, and sure as shit, just freaking see the whoop, and then just it's gone. And the whole time, I was just like, Hmm. That just happened. <laughs> like, now do I tell anybody about that? And then all the all the you know recent shit about the yeah the, like they actually somebody labeling it like the Tic Tac uh -huh. UFO and shit like that. I was like, oh yeah, I saw one of those. Yeah, man, that's fucking cool. I've always wanted to see something like that, something where I can definitively go like, whoa, that was weird. Or, or beyond weird, like something I can't really explain. This yeah. could be, you know, what I saw could be explained by any number of things. It could be a second stage on a rocket, third, you know, who knows? It could have just been some fucking 
base plane or uh, who knows what they're doing up there. Yeah, who knows yeah, what yeah. they're up to? A satellite maybe it, it falling some, out of orbit, trying to put itself correct its course, some bullshit like that. You know, maybe they're using an energy weapon to try and start fires in Canada. Maybe it's a uh, space daddy lighting his farts. <laughs> <laughs> well. Anyways, we do have some news. We've got some some breaking news on the UFO front with uh, the David Grush story and how it's playing out. But uh, I, I think first we should go and do a little bit of a history lesson. Um, are you familiar with a guy named Paul Benowitz and Richard Doty? I am not. All right. Well, we're going to learn a little bit about these two guys here tonight. Uh I, I struggled with which order I was going to play this shit in. So let's let's hope this turns out right. <laughs> let's learn a little bit here. He was a businessman who owned a humidity instrument manufacturing company called Thunder Scientific, which had contracts with NASA and the Air Force. He lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, across from the Kirkland Air Force Base. In 1979, he began to see kaleidoscopic lights moving in irregular patterns above it. He started to film and take pictures of the lights, amassing 2,600 feet of 8mm film and thousands of photographs. Using electronic surveillance equipment, he recorded electrical magnetism being emitted from above the base. Additionally, he recorded signals using homemade radio receivers with an array of antennas pointed towards Kirtland Air Force Base. Benowitz surmised that he was documenting alien crafts. He was a card-carrying member of the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization and had a keen interest in the widespread reports of mysterious cattle mutilations, which were plaguing New Mexico at the time. All right, so seems like a, a, a pretty typical UFO guy. You know, prior military experience, knows a thing or two about military equipment, classified materials, things like that. He starts seeing some weird shit and he starts to document it. I mean, this is... This could easily be like a Randall Carlson is kind of what I thought when I like I hadn't heard this story in a while. So when I was going through it today, I was trying to remember what happened. But that was kind of what what struck me on this. This is just the guy who knows a thing or two about a thing or two starts seeing some weird stuff that doesn't add up in the sky. And he starts doing research on it. And uh, let's uh, this is a fun little clip right here and then we'll get into it a little bit more were abducting people and taking them to their deep underground military bases uh -oh. to implant them with mind control devices. He considered Archuleta Mesa, near the new Mexican town of Dulce, to be the location of their subterranean base. Alright, so I thought that was interesting because deep underground military bases, that just screams QAnon. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, like, uh, most people would have to agree at this point that QAnon was a PSYOP. There, this was not a real thing. It was a psyop to get everybody fired up. And so this is the 80s. You've got a guy who's into... And there was this other guy. I don't remember his name right now, but he was a military contractor. And supposedly he had gotten contract to build some tunnels down under one of these bases. And he came in contact with some aliens down there. And they got into a firefight. And he got all torn up by a laser or something like that. So these were big what? conspiracy. Do you remember that? I see your face. Yeah. yeah. So these were some, this is what was going on when we were kids, essentially. This is, you know, by the time we're 10, 12 years old, when I'm watching the Discovery Channel on aliens and shit like that, this is what they were really getting into, these deep underground military bases. So it shouldn't be a surprise that QAnon was able to kind of leverage that 
that aspect of a conspiracy. If people are already into this, oh, we got aliens down there, we got all, well, let's just leverage it for something else and stretch it. We know it works. We've done it before. Let's just repurpose it for a different for a different use. Yeah, that makes me kind of curious of what uh, Elon's got uh, planned for his little tunneling company. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. And, you know, they. I heard somebody talk. I should have clipped it, but somebody was talking the other day about how um, they were, that he was going to make that train, you know, his zero-G train or whatever the fuck it's called. But it had to be underground. I go, why does it have to be underground? Is, wouldn't it just be easier to build it up above ground? So it's inter- like you said, why why a big deal about the tunnels? You could easily build this thing above ground. Yeah, it'd be easier, yeah. way easier. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. Why is he? What's what's the big deal with the tunnels? I don't know. Hollow you know, Earth, I baby. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some freeway system going on under our country that these people are allowed to use and we are not. Well, that's where the dinosaurs went, man. <laughs> <laughs> Down underground. All right, let's continue. You got to understand that Bob Inowitz was already a believer in your folks. Oh, sorry. Let me preface this. Now we get Richard Doty coming in. So this is Richard Doty talking about Paul Benowitz. Let me start it over. You got to understand that Paul Benowitz was already a believer in UFOs. He was already an investigator from UFOs. So when I went to him and I said simply, Paul, don't you think that what you photographed was UFOs, extraterrestrial? He said, I know they are. Mm -hmm. That's all it took. Doty claims that multiple intelligence agencies were surveilling Benowitz's every move that Benowitz was given a secret $75,000 grant to continue to investigate aliens, that the NSA had set up a spy station in a vacant house right across the street from Benowitz's home. Doty claims that the NSA was beaming low-frequency transmissions that when decoded with a computer, which they supplied to him, would send messages which appeared to be aliens directly communicating with Benowitz. Furthermore, Doty claims that the government devised methods to ensure that Benowitz focused on Archuleta Mesa and not on Kirtland Air Force Base. Since Benowitz believed that Archuleta Mesa in Dulce, New Mexico, was the location of the underground alien base, Doty claims that they staged the area to look like one. He says that they placed storage tanks, equipment shacks, and fake air vents to drive the point home. According to Richard Doty, they set up searchlights equipped with rotating lenses to simulate the appearance of UFOs in the sky. In 1981, Doty claims that he took Benowitz on a helicopter ride to survey Archuleta Mesa and pointed out the phony structures the government had planted. Then he says that he encouraged Benowitz to consult the aliens which he had been communicating with to find out more. Afterwards, Doty says that Benowitz started to fixate on Dulce rather than Kirtland Air Force Base. Benowitz, who was also a pilot, would fly his own helicopter over Archuleta Mesa on countless scouting missions throughout the next several years. Dude, there is so much going on in that clip yeah it's fucking wild our tax dollars at work my man i mean isn't that unbelievable nsa uh different agent the military and the nsa also on the same op this is one guy all (laughs) of this they're just one guy they're fucking with (laughs) and then i'm like i don't i don't know what to be mad about am i mad about that they're giving away computers and then beaming like propaganda uh to this guy or are 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 all those structures that just built to fool him or are they real but they're just 
conning this guy into thinking they're fake just so he'll run around and look like a nut. Yeah. Like that's kind of what it what they're doing. <laughs> they want this guy to go out into the UFO world and uh, all these conferences and go, look what I found. Look at what's going on here. And it's all fake. It's a MK I mean, Ultra, the, man. It's a MK Ultra. This scene. is in the eighties too, dude. They were using lights <laughs> to mimic UFOs in the eighties. Imagine what they can do today. Right. Yeah. I mean, Seriously. my goodness. Yeah. Who knows what they could make up in the sky today? And if they were willing to put all this money, all these resources, all of this into fooling one guy, what do you think they're willing to do to fool the rest of us? Right. I mean, maybe have a a big disinformation psyop featuring people who have worked for the government for many years. When you start hearing shit like this, that doesn't sound crazy at all. You go, oh, yeah. I mean, this is probably what's happening. I, I just... Whoa. It's amazing that we allow the government to do this to us. They're stealing our money in order to pull psychological operations on their own people. This was one of their own. This wasn't some asshole like us on the internet who's screaming about how much we hate the government and how they're murderers, psychopaths. This is one of their own. The sacrifices must be made, man. <laughs> Right, he was uh, goodness. Uh, yeah, I, it it just it's kind of funny how with the advancement in technology and stuff like that, uh, social media, the internet, and whatnot, it it's kind of funny to see see the change from that in the eighties of so much effort just to con one guy in the hopes of that spreading to the rest of his little group to now. All they have to do is put one guy in front of the camera, and it spreads to millions. Like wildfire. Yeah. I mean, the internet is our biggest weapon and our greatest enemy. Mm-hmm. Because now we have the ability to see these things. They don't want us to be able to look up these videos. They hate that this shit exists, that they weren't able to cover this shit up. You know what I mean? Like... The fact that we can do our research on this and look at, like, hey, they have performed psychological operations in the past. We know they've done it. And I mean, and then you also have got to ask, so uh, let's keep going. I think, oh, I must have missed one. Hmm. Let's see. Maybe it'll tell us in this one. Benowitz's delusions and paranoia nearly destroyed him. When he first started investigating the strange lights in the sky, he was a successful businessman and physicist with a loving family. By the end of his journey in the late 1980s, He was an emaciated, unstable insomniac who had trouble expressing a coherent thought. He kept an arsenal of weapons around his home and installed extra locks as he believed that aliens were coming through his walls at night and injecting him with chemicals. He also suspected that his wife Cindy had been implanted with an alien tracking device. In August 1988, his sons took over his business after he barricaded himself in his home. He was later admitted to a mental health facility after his family checked him in for nervous exhaustion. He stayed there for a little over a month. Luckily, Benowitz eventually recovered his sanity. He remained interested in UFOs, (laughs) but his relentless search for alien life slowed down considerably. Richard Doty claims that he visited Benowitz near the end of his life and confessed that much of the things he told him was disinformation and that he was ordered to lie to him. According to Doty, Benowitz refused to believe him. 
he did such a fucking number on this guy <laughs> that after Dodie got out of the military and out of the job, well, I mean, does a disinformation guy ever really get out? It's kind of like that Mike Baker CIA guy that goes yeah. on Joe Rogan and yeah. says, oh, yeah, I'm out. It's like, are you really? You run a, a security company, and he, he lives here in Boise, and he runs like a security. It's like, are you really out? Come on, man. So it's it's hard to to know how much of this you can believe. There was oh, another yeah. video that I had where um, they were saying that, uh, dude, there was so many people in on this. Here it is. 16-month investigation, Benowitz shared his findings with the Air Force and warned them of an alien threat. Documents gathered via Freedom of Information requests show that Benowitz was visited by two Air Force officials. The important one to this story is AFOSI Special Agent Richard Doty. Doty and his colleague inspected Benowitz's recordings, footage, and photographs and reported that they could not determine for sure what Benowitz had filmed, but that they believed that it did not pose a threat to the base. As for the electromagnetic pulses, they wrote that they informed the Foreign Technology Department, which intended to inspect Benowitz's materials. In the end, it was concluded that the Air Force would not conduct any further investigations. Despite this, a meeting took place on November 10, 1980, between Benowitz, several officers, and scientists from the Air Force base. The Air Force documentation of the meeting reads, Dr. Benowitz presented film and photographs of alleged unidentified aerial objects photographed over Kirtland Air Force Base, New Mexico, during the last 15 months. Dr. Benowitz also related that he had documented proof that he was in contact with the aliens flying the objects. (laughs) On 17 November 1980, Special Agent Richard C. Doty advised Dr. Benowitz that the AFOSI would not be involved with the investigation of these objects. The report also mentions that two senators contacted the Air Force to ask them if they were investigating Benowitz's findings. It states that Special Agent Richard Doty informed them that they would not. Now what you just heard is the official story, one that Special Agent Richard Doty says is not true. All right, so I played those out of order. That's my fault. But this guy was just trying to do the right thing. Hey, I was in the Air Force. I know about this shit. I'm seeing these things over your base. You don't see them. I am here to help you. And they go, oh, great. We, we really appreciate it. Now let's destroy this guy's life. Make him think he's crazy. We'll, we'll have, I mean, what do you think they were doing to, to him to where he thought aliens were coming out of the walls? I mean, are they putting listening device? Are they putting noise making devices inside of his wall or, or, you know, are do they got hot? Who knows? Microwaving his brain. They really, really did a number on this guy. Yeah. Uh, I'd really like to get my hands on some of that, uh, some of that good CIA LSD. If anybody's got some laying around, that'd be tight. Yeah, it's probably good shit. Dude, I bet you they've got stuff that's so far (laughs) beyond LSD we can't even comprehend. (laughs) They're like, oh yeah, LSD was fun in the seventies, but we give them one drop of this shit, and they think that they're on a different fucking planet. Mm Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> well, maybe they do go to a different planet man <laughs> dude we've got lsd so fucking good that it'll make you a wormhole man <laughs> anyways so uh we're gonna go back to our our my favorite alien show fade to black and uh let's listen to a little bit of richard Doty. he's gonna give us a little bit of inside information, possibly, or maybe a little bit more disinformation. You'll have to judge that for yourself. 
things that ended up happening uh, when you called in, in in the show that that night. Um, you had said, and man, this spread like wildfire. You had said that there were two top presenters on the conference circuit that were agents or informants or employees or, or pay. <laughs> you use your own definition, right? And, uh, and oh, man. My phone. Who do you think it is? Who Who is Rick talking about? Um, do you do, do you still feel that way today? Oh yeah, I know. I know for a fact. Uh, uh, both of them are alive and well within the UFO community, and you talking about uh, people don't who name, are. Yeah, don't name names on this. I'm show. not going to name anybody. I'm not, I won't okay, name them, but they're good. harmful. They're, they they spread the most lies and harm within the UFO community. They, they, these two people, uh, there probably are more, but I know of these two people uh, that that do this. They they uh, create havoc within the UFO community, and they do it quietly, and they do it professionally because they were former intelligence officers. They ran excellent operations, and they they're using those techniques today against the UFO community. All right, so we've got mole, you know, NSA, CIA, whatever, moles in the UFO community spouting fucking disinfo right now. So, and, you know, what really grinds my gears? You go, don't name names. Don't name names on this show. It's like, dude, if you really cared about this shit and really, like, if that was... If that was my main focus, if I had done thousands of episodes on trying to get to the truth on UFOs, I would mm-hmm. say, I want those fucking names right now. Yep. Because we got to get this shit out of our community. If we're going to be taken seriously, if we're really going to get to the truth, we need to nail these fuckers to a cross. Like, they got to go. And we need to nail them right now, here in public, so everybody can see that these people are, are the bad guys. But then you got to think, well, this guy was a disinfo agent. Is that disinfo to to stir up maybe some condemnation in the UFO world? Oh, there's two guys in there. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but I, I promise you they're in there. So now yeah, we start yeah, looking. Yeah, is, it yeah, fucking, yeah. is it Jack over there? I think it's Jack, that motherfucker. He's been saying shit for two years about this thing, and I think he's – it's Jack. Like, fuck, Su- Susan's tits are just sagging so low. She's got to, like, she's got to be full of shit. Can't they uh, get some of that anti-grab technology, uh, like an <laughs> anti-grab push-up bra? <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to, I wouldn't be surprised if there, if there, a lot, the first person that came to my mind when he said that was, was Stephen Greer and Bob Lazar. Hmm. These that, that it could easily be those guys. Stephen Greer's always rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's that um he was an ER surgeon for a long time and now he's a fucking UFO guy and telling everybody about anti-gravity technology and this and that and it's like, eh, I don't know. I've I've always found him to be kind of bombacious and full yeah. of shit. But I don't know. Anyways, let's uh Let's hear what Richard Doty's got to say about David Grush. Did you know David Grush before 
Had you heard his name in circles? There are some that are saying yes to this. Um, of course, you know, the UAP task force. But in reference to anything else, were you surprised about him coming forward? No, I, I knew he was coming forward. Oh, uh, first of all, there are. Did he say coming out? There are independent or? groups, uh, private coming groups. Lou, Lou Elizondo had one group. Uh, and I was in another group, called, uh, and we called ourselves the Advanced Working Group. We've been uh, trying to push disclosure for a long time, and we we brought forth a number of uh, people, whistleblowers, and presented them to, to Congress, pr primarily to the Senate. We're working on the Senate, uh, Senator Rubio's side. Uh, there's other groups working on the House side, but we're on the Senate side. And we brought people to them to be interviewed, to be screened, to be vetted. Uh, and, and they were, and David was, uh, the, he's the real thing. Uh, there's nothing hidden about David. Uh, you can prove who he is. You can prove his cr credentials. And why isn't there now, any information of course, people are saying he's reporting what others told him, but, but others yes. told him this in a classified setting. So, so it's uh, okay. David's relating now. We know it's true. factual information. <laughs> so I knew factual. We know it's factual because it was in a classified setting. So obviously, uh, oh yeah, I knew about that. We interviewed people and for credibility and blah blah blah. Do you think that Grush is maybe just the Benowitz of today? Yeah, hey, we sure. found a fucking theater nerd who's into UFOs. He's we've you know we we can look through his phone and we've been able to see every movie he's watched in his entire life, and he's all into aliens and UFOs. Let's. Let's groom him. Let's let's put him on one of these, you know, uh, what do they call it? The special working group or whatever it is like that. I mean, he's, it's he's, wild that this guy's entire job was to psychologically traumatize somebody to the point where he had to be hospitalized and wouldn't believe the truth because is it the truth or not when he was confronted with it? But now we're supposed to believe him that he's always been we're, – we've been working for disclosure the whole time. Even even when I was, you know, faking landing sites and using strobe lights to mimic UFOs and building fake buildings across different military sites to fool one guy. But, nope, we've all we, – we just want disclosure. That's what we want. We want, it, we want you guys to know the truth. We want you to all have the truth. Uh, I don't believe you, man. Yeah. yeah I they, just don't. You, you, as fucking, as fucked up as this is, like, you, you gotta hope that they were working on more than just one guy. He was just, you know, the, 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 the guy that panned out to completion. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm just grasping at you know straws here hoping that that all that tax money didn't get wasted on one guy hopefully they fried a couple people's lives you know <laughs> it's like if we're gonna ruin some lives let's ruin some fucking lives yeah this is just the the one story that's like um telegenic that they can have fun with yeah. for every one of these guys who's like an interesting story there's a hundred other ones that are just like oh yeah we told him that he had fucking bugs crawling under his skin, so he tore all of his skin off one night and burned his hair, you know? Yep. <laughs> like, who knows what they're doing to these people? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. 
All right, let's continue. Where, uh, let's see where Rick Doty thinks the UFOs are. You, um, without jeopardizing national security, that the um, best way to hide um, extraterrestrial material, including crafts, is with contractors. And so there are a number of contractors involved in uh, analyzing and reverse engineering uh, ET, not not just their flying crafts, but their technology. And so Same that's thing. that's where some of the stuff is. Right. I knew about this because it's been going on since the 80s when I worked out at, at uh, Area 51 or Grim Lake. I mean, there were so many different contractors out there, uh, Lockheed and Boeing and Grumman and uh, just a number of them uh, that that were working on on just this reverse engineering. Now, I never had access to that information, so I can't. I can't. Ex- I, I didn't work where Lazar he, worked. He was there. Uh, he worked there. He knew it, it but he didn't was, have access. But I, I, I never. I never went down there, so I don't. I know, know it all about but I that information. Did, I, was, yeah. I can't say uh, that you know this particular craft was reverse engineered, or I mean, I just was never cleared for that. But I was cleared for the counterintelligence part of it, or protecting it from the public, and so I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't. I wasn't fully briefed into it. So, to answer your question, to hide a craft, you would put it in uh, preparatory uh, custody of of a of a private contractor. Dude, I don't know how you can parse out what he just said. I was there. I know I I know it because I was there, but also I wasn't allowed down there, and I didn't have access to that, so I don't really know. But also I know because I was there, and all these military. It's like, wait a minute, were you there or were you not there? Yeah, did you and see now it? We've did got you witness it? Did you uh, did you work were you on there it? or not? Or, or was this just uh, uh, you know Mike at the fucking water cooler being like, oh man, you should see the shit I'm doing today? Well, yep. gotta go back. Were to you work. out there? Yeah, were you out there once a year to do a, a walk around or like were you there or not? Did you fucking see this stuff or not? Yeah. It's just so wild how they're repetitive. They, they talk around in circles. And this guy's much slicker than David Grush is. Yeah. Like he's far, he sounds far more believable and sincere. And he seems like he knows the subject very well. Uh, whether it's because he cares about it or not is hard to say because you can't trust anything that, that somebody like this says. And I was going to clip it, but I couldn't really find a. This guy, I thought that he had kind of like. Oh, what I did was wrong, and I shouldn't have done that. Now I'm on the side of disclosure. But he didn't say that. He he keeps going back to it. It was my job. I just followed orders. You know who else did that? The fucking Nazis. (laughs) And they still fried for it. So I don't buy this. Oh, you know, I destroyed somebody's life, but I was just doing my job. But now I care so much that I need to, to be a part of disclosure for everyone. It's like, do you care about people or not? Uh, because if you care about people. people, if you have a conscience, if you have morals, you wouldn't have done what you did. Yeah. But now, you know, now, and if he would, if he would go on a fucking, you know, go Joe Rogan and be like, I did this. It was the worst thing I have ever done in my life. I lose sleep over it every night. And I just wish I could take it back. So I'm trying to do everything that I can to bring disclosure to the people. I might go, okay, that's a little believable. But to just sit back and go, I just followed orders. I was just doing what I was told. It's such a cop-out. 
Yeah. It's such a fucking cop out. It's like, are you a moral person or not? Like, give me a reason to believe what you're saying. Yeah. Why should I believe you? And I, I don't see any reason to trust this fucking guy. You, you should, you should believe him because he was, he worked on that site. He didn't see anything, but other people yeah. told him he wasn't cleared for it. Yeah, but he was it, around it, there. That, that's what keeps he like, saw repeating. something. It's it's always he saw somebody something else stuck to a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah. Somebody drew a picture of this yeah. big, big-headed, big-eyed green guy. Uh, you know, one time probing, probing. One some time human they were. Figure. Yeah, one time they were they were pulling a UFO out of the mountainside on a trailer, and the trailer got a flat tire and it rolled off the side. So I went over and I helped him lift it onto the trailer again, mm-hmm. and it was a it was as big as a house. But it's a UFO, and I was just able to, you know, like, give us something. It's just this weird fucking runaround. It, yeah, yeah. That it, 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 that every man it, they love to play with language. Yeah, and it, like I was, like I said, the it it's so annoying. It's always, uh, you know, information that somebody else told, which is like you said, such a, such a fucking cop out, man. It that's. That alleviates all, like uh, blame, uh, all blame. You can all, shift all responsibility. All blame. You can you can you yep. can say anything and be like, oh yeah, but uh, somebody else told me that. I didn't witness anything. Just somebody told me. I'm like, okay, well, who was that? Because I'm tired of talking to you. Let's get them. I've got a great quote about this. This is from uh, the Moon is a Harsh Mistress. A rational anarchist believes that concepts such as state and society and government have no existence save physically exemplified in acts of self-responsible individuals, which he is not. He believes that it is impossible to shift blame, share blame, distribute blame, as blame, guilt, responsibility are matters taking place inside human beings singly and nowhere else. But being rational, he knows that not all individuals hold his evaluation, so he tries to live perfectly in an imperfect world. That's how you live. You can't shift blame. You can't say, oh, the government just told me to do this, or oh, the government was doing things out there. And another thing, this is what I was, this is what I was gonna get at. Then they start getting into, oh, it's, you know, Northrop and Grumman and Lockheed, and they start throwing... I think that... You remember when I was pointing out how David Grush, all of a sudden, he turns into a Ron Paul anti-war activist for five seconds with no emotion whatsoever talking about the military-industrial complex. I think that they're going to try to shift blame to the military-industrial complex. Like, oh, you know, we had these things, and we were studying them responsibly, but then we gave it to Lockheed, and they took it to Skunk Works, and now we haven't seen it in 40 years. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> right? All right. Let's continue. Now I'm going to fucking... Okay, here we go. Let's uh, let's find out what really happened at Roswell. We're getting into it. There were two extraterrestrial crafts flying around New Mexico in uh, late June, early July of 1947. Uh, these these uh, two crafts uh, were, I guess, just investigating or um, exploring uh, our planet and just, I don't know how they got to New Mexico. But anyways, 
during that time period, there was a um, very vicious electrical storm, lightning, uh, vicious lightning in New Mexico. And if anybody's ever lived here in New Mexico, which where I live, uh, you can you can understand that uh, we have some really bad lightning. I mean, horrible lightning storms. And the government, at least this is what we were told, the government figures that these two crafts flying uh, were struck or encountered lightning and upset their navigation system. One crashed um, and the other one flew some distance west and eventually craft, crashed in Horse Mesa, but they didn't find that for a couple of years later. One of the, the this, both of these crafts had an extension on the back of it, which we believed was their antenna or some other uh, avionics. Uh, that broke off, landed in the debris field uh, where Mark Brazel found it. The craft itself crashed near Corona, near, near a, a ranch near Corona. And, and that, during that time period, there was an archaeological team from Albuquerque, New Mexico, from the university out there. And they're the ones that actually found that, that craft and found that live ET. They notified the, the, the uh, sheriff of, of the county, their Lincoln County, and uh, eventually the, the Mexico State Police officer arrived and a, cra and a recovery team from both Walker, uh, or I mean Roswell Air Base and Kirtland Field came out and recovered the craft. And that's the actual story that was in the official U.S. government document and the film. Um, so uh, any other stories um, uh, is, isn't what the government is saying. And I'm, I'm, I'm confident that when the disclosure comes out and they start with this, this is exactly what they're going to tell the public. I've got so many issues with this. So many issues. You want to go? You want to start? No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So first off, he really has to go at light. Oh, we, if you've ever been to Arizona or to New Mexico, we have horrible, just awful, horrible, horrible, horrible. It's just the worst thing ever. Like God opens the skies and the lightning is just incredible. Like, yeah, dude, we know what lightning is. Do you really have to do that? Like, and then you get into the craft itself. Airplanes get struck by lightning all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. And they don't go down. If these things are like what David Grush says and coming from different dimensions, because you know, that's proven in theory, but it's facts in a theory. Are they really going to be affected by lightning? They should. I mean, it just seems so yeah. fucking stupid to me. They should attract lightning and want lightning. I, it just seems so dumb. Like, how is your avionic system in a UFO that can transverse either a galaxy or a solar system or a fucking wormhole to a different dimension, but it can't handle a couple volts from lightning? Mm -hmm. It just sounds ridiculous. I have always just had a massive problem with that. And I mean, I guess maybe you could argue like, oh, well, it was their first time here. It's like, well, they don't have lightning in the rest of the universe. I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> like, I know there's lightning in Jupiter all the time. Venus has a bunch. Like, I'm pretty sure they've encountered lightning before and would have put in an avionic system that can 
that has a, a lightning arrestor. I mean, we put lightning arresters on our power poles. I used to install them all the time. They're not going to have a lightning arrestor on their fucking spaceship. <laughs> and if they're really coming here, like they're, they're, oh, they came, they came for the nukes. They're looking at the nukes. Oh, okay. <laughs> we've got monkeys. We've got monkeys playing with fire and we're going to make ships that are so flimsy that they can't handle a bolt of lightning. They, they came for the lightning arresters. I, they're like, we can't figure I this guess. shit out. We can't figure this <laughs> shit out. <laughs> we need lightning arresters. <laughs> we can't finish the live wire. We've been trying to build this live wire for you for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I've got a lot of problems with this. A lot of problems. All right. I got another one. Here we go. Well, sure. Uh, I mean, that's a good question. Why would you? Well, you're not. Oh, you're not gonna. He asked. He asked Dodie the same question he's been asking everybody. Well, if you're in this position, why would you lie? What, what reason is there to lie? <laughs> well, sure. Uh, I mean, that's a good question. Why no, would it's you? Not. Well, you're not. You're not gonna. Not a number good one, the government's gonna investigate you. Uh, unless you, unless you're under that whistleblower protection act or you're part you're, of the op, you can get in trouble. Like he was, um, they want the truth out. They want, we want disclosure out and you're going to see and mark my word. Uh, I'm saying this on the Jimmy Church's show. You're going to see others come out. You're going to see, uh, David's, uh, supervisor. You're going to see some other people. You're going to see a, 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 uh, uh, Navy admiral. Uh, he's he's going to come out. Uh, he's going to come forth, and he's going to relay. He's already done it to, to uh, Senate staffers. He's going to come out and going to back up everything that David said and add uh, uh, a ton more to it because he was an admiral in the United States. I, I believe he was a one. I don't know what. I, I'm not familiar with Navy ranks. I believe he was a one-star, equivalent to one-star admiral, whatever that is, uh, it's like a rear, rear admiral. Rear, okay, rear, yeah. Uh, he, he's a he's an admiral. I, I would say he's an admiral. I think he has the one bar. In charge of the probing. Like one bar. Brigadier general in the army and in, in, in the military and the other branches. But anyways, uh, I've I've spoke to him. We we've sat down. Oh. We've uh, had dinner off. with him. With some members of our group. He's a real thing, and when he comes out, it's going to shock a lot of people. All right. So the first thing I I thought when he uh, you're going to see David's supervisor come out, if if his supervisor is going to talk, what the fuck do we need to hear from him for? Yeah. There's your supervisors and what we want to talk to. I don't care. I mean, if I'm if I'm working behind the bar, and a waitress comes over and and interviews you for the bar or something like that, you're going to go, well, wait a minute. Uh, I want to talk to the bartender. I don't, I don't want to talk to you. You don't, you don't work back there. Let me talk to the, let me talk to the guy. It's just wild. And now you start to see the op unfolding. We're going to start with David. Who's just this low level guy. He's got a conscience. He's apparently a, a Ron Paul libertarian and hates the military industrial complex, even though he's a spook. And then we're going to elevate it. We're going to give him, supervisor and then we're going to elevate it again and give him an admiral now we're seeing how this is working 
Let's give them a little bit. We'll give them some more. And we'll give them some more. <laughs> it's wild. I mean, it, this is how you would write a fucking a movie. If you were doing a trilogy, you'd elevate the, the level of intensity for each movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. First that, movie. I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty sure there's a term for that. It's called edging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man we're in a real mess here we're in a real fucking mess people are gonna buy this hook line and sinker yeah i i really don't see i mean when the big alien shows it, the best question they can ask is, why would they lie when they're talking to a guy who lied for a fucking living why because it's his fucking job mm-hmm that's why. Because that's what they do. They lie. And the military industrial complex doesn't tell us the truth. We don't have a say. People think they are voting for you're not voting for anything. Did you get a vote on what's happening in Ukraine right now? Because I don't think I did. I don't remember voting on what was gonna happen in Ukraine. I'm sure shit didn't. It's been going on for two years. Oh, good. Maybe I'll have a chance to vote a year and a half from now when we're all fucking dead. And what good's that going to do? It's, you know, these are the worst people on the planet. We have been destroying the fucking planet, ruining people's lives, killing millions and millions of people around the planet for our entire lives. But they just want to tell us the truth. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. That's the, all. The, the truth that... Just trust uh, them. Yeah. The, 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 the truth that somebody else told them. They weren't they yeah, weren't briefed I mean, on it, but this is what they heard. He was there, but he wasn't there. Yeah. But he had that he saw it, but he didn't have access because I was on the other side of the other place around the place where that stuff was happening. UFO adjacent. <laughs> oh shit. And on that, we're gonna call it a fucking night. Good night. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. 18 making raps till I'm 80 though.